Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing for the singing of our national anthem. said Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny. Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the Atlantic from the perspective of the other. My name is Royfield Brown and I'm ably assisted by my two brothers from another mother. Over in Dublin we have... Mid-Atlantic, political and cultural chit-chat from across the pond. Find it on iTunes, Stitcher and all other good podcatchers today. This episode of Dum Didar is sponsored by Licker You Like on the Felsham Road. The chap's called Hammered and he's so lovely. Doesn't mind if you come in twice a day. Don't tell anyone thank you very much. Hi, it's Jembe. I'm 11 and I'll be playing this tune on a homemade kazoo. <laughs> So what's occurring in Lucy Land? Um, not allowed. We're not allowed to talk, by the way. Because of John Cop. <laughs> <laughs> He does not want to know what we do at the weekend. Well, he just needs to just fast forward a bit then, doesn't he? He does, yes. Anyway, listen, uh, we, we need to crack on because we John do. John Cop is now uh, yes. producing, Sorry, producing the show. So Yeah. Sorry, John. Mm. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so, mm. And we've got to keep it clean this week. Have we? Do we get into trouble? Uh... Well, I just get the feeling that we're disturbing the equilibrium of Middle England with with, with talk of juices, juices, okay. and um, and the National Health Service. People okay. don't want to know. They're all booped up, and they're all okay. and they all go to church, so they don't want to know. My mum wants to make it clear that she does not fall asleep in the middle of us, by the way, <laughs> and she managed to stay awake for all of it because she now doesn't listen last thing at night because we are akin to night nurse in our mm. soporific qualities. Fantastic. 
because this is Dumdy Dum, the show about the reality docudrama drama that is centered at Ambridge in the heart of Midlands. I'm the Marsh Warbler, that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the blue-footed booby, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the mostly part of our bird hide is you. Today's rendition of Barrett Green is brought to you by Jembe. Oh, we love you, Jembe. Thank you. Uh, Lucy. Yes. Can you remind our lovely, 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 lovely listeners, who for the most part are happy with us? <laughs> Mr. John Cop, yes, we're coming on to you later. Remind our listeners, haven't we, the accolade of Dumb de Dumber of the Week because it's prestigious. It's like it getting is. a Grammy. It is. Mm. Only without the awful dresses. Um, yes, if you'd like to give Ed a hand with his full fat, ring us on 0203 031 3105. That ship has sailed. <laughs> <laughs> the cows are off. It's <laughs> <laughs> Who said I was saying anything about the cows? Or get in touch via SpeakPipe, which is playing fast and loose on our website at the moment. We're not quite mm. sure what's going on with it. Blooming thing. Um, thanks again to the amazing Harriet at Shambridge for the sponsorship messages and to Derek Fletcher for the loan of the back bedroom. Derek Ooh, is... Did you uh, see that what? picture of um, Harriet and um, Derek? No. Yeah. It's on the Twitters. There's a picture of Harriet and Derek Fletcher, uh, the dynamic duo of Dumpty Dum, nude. Well, from from the waist up, they're looking rather resplendent. Oh yes, I did see that. I didn't realise how it It was something of a shock when I clicked on it. I have to say, <laughs> alarm. <laughs> anyway, mm. uh, Derek is very grumpy. As oh, yes. uh, Spurs uh, won the derby, and he's a huge Gooners fan. Um, he watches the football as me and uh, actually, and Adam supports Spurs, so he is very happy. Ian's undecided, and Derek's been trying for ages to let him take him up the Arsenal. You mean up the Emirates? <laughs> the stadium's funny. called the Emirates. <laughs> <laughs> no, because if you go and see the team, mm. oops, oh, Jesus, I've just. <laughs> Sorry, did that just go through your mic? Your We're ear a mic? slick team. Yeah, I've just got everything flying. That Harry Keane, he won it for him, didn't he? He did. He's very and he's good. only the first one, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, he's dead young as well. But anyway, this is not the Guardian Football Podcast with James Richardson. This no. is Dumpty Dum. <laughs> Clearly, as I don't know the name of the stadium, I'm fairly sure what's James Richardson. <laughs> Slightly more than me, but anyway. <laughs> Calls this week come from Yokel Bear, who gets frustrated by hippies. Jennifer Turner, who liked Robert's twitching. I must be so did I, actually. I, I love that episode. <laughs> um, Monique, who thinks that we are all brainwashed. Uh, she's a first-time caller in, I think, isn't she? She is. Yeah, Ooh. Carl... No, she didn't call in, she didn't call in, she emailed. Ah. She's an emailer. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, Carl Jonas Johansson, who sees Ian's future. John Cop, yeah, you old miserable bugger, John. Um, <laughs> who does not want to know what we did for the weekend. But anyway, uh, Sardine Tin. Oh, that's got to be a first-time caller in, I've never heard of them before. Who can't figure out why Matt chose Costa Rica. Jojo Sexy Heels, who got a very late call in, just underneath the wire. So well done there, Jojo. Um, who's been away, but reverts the type with a foot fetish liking and Dusty. Oh, you know everybody, I love my Dusty. <laughs> Dusty, who's baffled by Bert. But first, before all that, let's see what Lucy V. Freeman has through her binoculars. <laughs>
has decided that Matt has gone off with some little tart. She decided to have a good long think with some gin and thought herself into total incoherence until Jenny moved her into home farm, much to the annoyance of Brian's dodgy back who had to lug Lillian's flock of flamingos, wig collection and pocket distillery into home farm. Brian is concerned that too much exposure to women will somehow affect his masculinity. To be fair, the main exposure he has had to women in the past has been conducted during the process of rogering them thunderously. So when faced with his wife, daughter, sister-in-law and granddaughter all living with him, he just went completely to pieces and ran to the pub. There he found Jimus and Robert Snell looking at their copy of the Bought Such a Book of Great Tips, which didn't make things any easier for him. But temporarily forgot he was married and mulched Killer Toboggan's Lady Garden. He went quite a lot and then they had a quick one-two in her sitting room. <laughs> David and Ruth have ordered their robot milkers. Metal Mickey will be arriving shortly and David is sounding as enthusiastic as Nigel Farage in a mosque. I he is getting Metal Mickey. <laughs> just, oh, what was that? Well, it's terrible. I know, mm, I know. <laughs> ah, David is getting shirty with his very caring family, saying, We are oh, so sad. Oh. I also hated K9 as well. There was something about. I can't hate. hate nobody oh, hates come K9. on. There was something about that kind of sci fi rubbish kind of special effects you know british kind of 70s 80s k9 metal mickey it was just all very poor i just never yeah. there's never a tin opener around when you want one <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes david is getting shirty with his caring family who are saying we are so sad you are going but when can we have our money when 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 Kenton has spent his on a leopard skin private jet to take him to Australia Elizabeth <laughs> is having a vibrating four poster installed in Lower Loxley and Shula is installing an equine sauna and jacuzzi so the horses can be all nice and relaxed and toned before some overprivileged little sod goes bouncing around on them the oh, that's a bit harsh actually I bumped into this um this uh, Californian uh, San Francisco type person and actually what they do they do therapy equine therapy and I said yes, what's that arthritis and stuff isn't it arthritis and for kids with autism oh and really how they come out of this kids shit. with autism aren't going to go to the stables and swim in an equine pool though are they no not what unless I'm the saying, cuts really hit no but you said they're all overprivileged and I'm saying they're not all overprivileged. The people that like do stuff on horses go bouncing on the back of horses. Uh-huh. Because actually, what she does, she um, so she's uh, the, she teaches them how to ride. But there's there's something about um, riding, but also being close to an animal mm-hmm. that helps bring kids yeah. out of themselves and teaches them basically how to um, emote um, through uh, through another animal, through through a horse. Yeah. So they're not all overprivileged. Some of them have severe social um, relationship issues, and I'm just pointing that out to you. But I bet they are in Borsetshire. Fair point. Yes. <laughs> the save campaign. there's no working class people. No. People there with it. Actually, no, but we've got... Um, Crumbs, what's Mike's little daughter Bethany. called? Yeah, so there are some. Oh, come on. No, because they're moving to Birmingham. They're not fair, even going to be there anymore, are fair they? Fair point, fair point. Yes. Okay, I stand corrected. All right, go on, crack on, Lucy. 
Uh, the Save campaign against Route B, Kate says, is a campaign against the movement of all indigenous peoples, the silly cow. People will be looking at this from all over the world, <laughs> says Kate. It's an example of global campaigning. Look, there's someone there from East Anglia. Neil is continuing his new passive-aggressive behaviour. He's starting to enjoy it now. Whenever Tom asks him anything, he goes, yeah, and sounds like a cross between a very old lawnmower being started up and Michael Horden. Phoebes went to visit Roy. She brushed away the cockroaches, the crumpled tissues and the copies of Fiesta from the sofa, sat down and had an awkward chat, which, although cringy on a cosmic scale, was still less chilly than the sub-zero chatettes she has with Kate. And then we had that twice-weekly continuity announcement. And now the archers and Ed get some bad news. Mike is flogging off the milk round and Ed is not even being thrown in as buy a pint and get a Grundy offer. More angst at Ambridge Organics. Tina does not have your flair for retail, said Pat to Helen. The way you put the carrots in the box, the way you casually strew the organic mung beans about the floor and wear the turnips as earrings. Tina said it is not her fault the shop is in a mess as reps keep bringing her stuff and she has to fight her way past 14 eight-foot cardboard cutouts of dancing mushrooms to get to the stock cubes. To be fair, you can't, You know you're kind of like slightly belittling Helen there about yes. where she puts the carrots. Retail yes. is all about detail. But how much can you make someone think, oh, do you know, do you know what? I wasn't going to buy any carrots, but now... Listen, now the psychology of shop retail is absolutely legion, and you absolutely can. Do not mock how people lay out their carrots and their Brussels sprouts, and then where you put the special offers, and, uh, you know, the little, uh, the little gophers which are right by the till. You will massively increase your shop turnover by the detail of where you put things in, in retail. And I'm, I, I, can't, I cannot stress to you, Lucy, how wrong you are there. <laughs> Seriously, seriously, it's a massive science. It's an absolute art and a science. It's the two okay. things combined. Okay. Mm. Mm. Lighting as well. Lighting and... Uh... Like carrots? Yeah. Oh, come on. Right, you have the right bit of, like, backlighting, you know, for, you know, on a, on a nice, nice pointy carrot. Right, it looks more attractive. You go, ooh like the look of that I'll have some of them as opposed to it's all pitch black you can't see the buggers and you go past them retail all about detail and pitch black listen and that comes from Michelle Dawson who listens religiously to Dumpty Dum and she always tells me retail Royfield it's all in the detail and she knows her stuff so I couldn't let that one go there you go Michelle you've got your mention on Dumpty Dum crack on Lucy <laughs> then Tina got caught by environmental health, stuffing the olives with bogies. So Helen went in to tidy up, which left her with no time to cook the four-course meal with a muse-bouche and petit four, which Rob seems to expect for breakfast, lunch and dinner. She was then late for the dance practice at the bull. Vicky wanted everyone to watch her strong top line. Joe Grundy watched it so intently he sprained his prostate and had to be carried off the pitch injured. Uh, Danakin Skywalker is in Operation Droopy Dagger or something in which he apparently has to play the entire civilian population of the UK, which is a bit of a big ask. Hilariously, Kate, a woman who could wrap her ankles round her ears but not her brain round the concept of working for a living, had to go at Phoebes for being unreliable and flaky. Phoebes responded by saying, Shut up, you're not my real mum. Oh no, hang on, you are. 
Johnny had passed all his exams. He got an A star in bullfighting and weeding and a distinction in inappropriate enthusiasm. Now David's given up doing any actual farming, he's drifting around the village trying to get people to have lunch with him. Adam turned him down like a bedspread as he was off to meet Charlie in the woods and get him to look at his trench. Everything just keeps getting washed away, said Charlie. Adam recommended all bran. Then Charlie moved neatly on to, I want a husband like you have got. If you get bored of me in, can I be next? And Adam said, goodness no. Oh, all right then. So that's that. And now the big news that has shaken Ambridge to the core. Underwoods is out of chilli oil. It's obviously linked to the water springing up all over Brookers and the 1930s outdoor dairy, obviously. I have now become a complete paranoid fantasist like Jennifer. And every time there's another non sequitur, I say, aha, and nod significantly. So basically, Ed Grundy will take over the outdoor milking and the land will be found to be riddled with chilli oil springs, which Justin Elliott will harness somehow and turn the whole of Lakey Hill into a calzone pizza. Obviously. The end. I don't think that's going to happen, actually, Lucy. I don't think that's going to happen either, Royfield. I do think there's some bollocks going on with this water thing. And the sooner they figure it out, the better. And Ed has got to take over that outdoor dairy. Because why are we spending... Why have we just spent ten minutes on a radio soap looking at photos? Mm. Yeah. It was as bad as when we were looking at paint colours and they were all white. (laughs) 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 I don't know how they get away with it sometimes. I really don't. It's like they're waiting for the commissioner to go, You did... No, come on. No, hang on. All right, that's enough. We've all had a bit of a laugh and a bit of fun, but now let's stop this. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Mm. (laughs) I have been feeling somewhat emotional. I got all emotion a couple of times this week uh, because of Ed. Oh, I know. You know, and everybody's been saying he's a deadbeat. The bloke's (sighs) not a deadbeat. He's just fighting against economics. And he's just, it's just tough and he's worked his knackers off and look seen with him talking to his dad and yeah you know I, I i shouldn't say it but i am um there was also yesterday's with him talking to his granddad yeah. and i was just oh well i still the, the the grundy's having to move out into meadow rise i still think was one of the saddest it was sadder than a death because it was like the death of a whole family mm when they had to leave the farm and everything and it was so unbelievably moving and whenever it comes back to that I can you know I'd start to feel all sort of emotional again and when they you know and and it's happening to Ed again but he's done nothing wrong no he's done nothing wrong and actually he's he in terms of him he's made he's a he's just about ahead of the curve here in terms mm. of the, he's making a business decision just at the yeah. right time well, know, he's jumping before he's pushed isn't he exactly really? yeah he can sell the herd and still pay off his debts and just about come out on top but he knows you know which direction things are going and but he's crackers to have moved out of um of uh, ambridge view isn't he because now he's having to pay all this flipping rent even though it's reduced well, will. He should have just stayed where he was. But you are right. There's going to be something where we all know that David and Ruth aren't going. And David yeah. is, you know, all the clues are there is that emotionally he just can't make the move. He's not going to be able to yeah. make the move. Isn't David sounding grumpy? He's sounding grumpy than I've ever heard him. Mm. And he's just fed up. And even he's being grumpy. And Pip's going, oh, it's only £348 billion, Daddy. 
and um, you know, this new flipping. She sounds a whole lot older than that. Yes, <laughs> Was it the language divorcee or something? Cool. Um, but yeah, you know, she's all excited about about the, and he, you can just hear the brakes. He's putting his anchor down now. You can hear the brakes going on where he's thinking, this is all feeling so wrong. And even Jill's going. Well, that's good, isn't it? When he's talking about the robot milkers and he sort of went, and it was just unbelievably non-committal. It's horrible because it's all going to go wrong and it's like watching a car crash in slow motion. Now, can I say, right, yes. if there is a couple of blokes, couple of old farts, right, talking about birds, and I mean like the winged variety, yeah. right, if they're talking about birds and it maintains my interest, mm. there's some skillful script writing going on there. Right, I loved that. Right, I didn't understand what the hell was going on, right? <laughs> but I just loved every minute of it. You know, I just, it was just golden for me. So, I'm I think this, this whole, you know, I went out for a drink with Kerry for mm. Davis on Friday. He wrote this whole week. Uh, and uh, it was absolutely mad I said it's so lovely because it was all character driven and it was just people wittering on about marsh warblers and great tits and you know oh it's just (laughs) and Lillian and Lillian and her shoes genius and Brian's is kind of anguish and he says what there's more (laughs) I love it when he said to her I mean you you know are we just here for you as long as it takes I mean a few days a week <laughs> six months to a year you know, I'm never going back <laughs> and when he was talking to them in the pub there was such a beautiful character observation when he arrived at the pub and said don't moaning about all the women in his house and then he said oh uh, Jenny's had this call from Radio Borsetshire so she's all really excited and uh, um, Jimus said oh I wonder how Linda will take that and Robert said yes I'll, I'll, tell, I'll break it to her <laughs> it was just that tacit understanding of she's going to kick off we, let's not let's not talk about that because it, we all know that's what's going to happen but we'll pretend that that's not going to happen but let me just deal with it it's, it's like managing the women folk I just thought it was so beautifully done no, it, it, it was it was and um, I'll give this out very sparingly so they're absolutely meant when, when they're given lovely 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 week in Ambridge so thank you Mr Uncle Kerry God Davis uh, because Mr Nice can we call him Nice Smelling Uncle Kerry God Davis because he doesn't because I don't know that he smells that nice you never knew he doesn't no and I'm not saying that he doesn't I just don't know for a fact I'm not taking everything that you say um, (laughs) as gospel (laughs) next time you see him Get up Mm. close and personal and have a good niff. Mm. Very nice. Will do, will do. Now, um, (laughs) you've got to say, we've got to say good luck to uh, Claire Maxwell, haven't we? Uh, Well, we may be a bit late because she's doing it today, Mm. but we hope it went well, Claire. She is sitting her RHS exam wearing a Team Lillian t-shirt. What's an RHS exam? It's uh, the Royal Hemorrhoid Society. No, it's the Royal Horticultural Society. Oh, okay. She's sitting her, her gardening exam. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, on that note, why don't we nip over to the phone lines and see what other people have got to say about the last week in Ambridge? 
Hello, Ambridge3962. Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Joe Colbert here. Um, I've just listened to this week's Omnibus. A couple of things. Um, this is kind of going back to last week as well. Kate. Mmm, Kate. I really dislike her. She's a great character, though. And believe me, she's quite realistic. I lived in Brighton for 20 years, so I've known quite a few hippies in my time. Um, in fact, she had a house for one once. Um, very frustrating. Um, yes, many stories to tell. Yeah, I just can't get on with the whole kind of, you know, let me align your chakras. Tell you what, if anybody tried to align my chakras without, you know, my permission, um, they'd get a swift kick in the falafels, to be honest with you. Kind of hating her, but kind of glad she's there because she's she's really kind of put the whole I think she's kind of almost enabled Phoebe to become a much much better character because I'm loving Phoebe at the moment go Phoebe the second thing after the omnibus today I thought there were three wonderful bits of dialogue um Roy's really awkward chat with Phoebe was just I found it really endearing I know he's a complete shit but I just found it really that awkward father didn't know what to do it was treading so carefully um but obviously so pleased that she'd come round. Um, really endearing, great script writing. Um, second one was, of course, Ed at the end. The chat about being brave. Um, yeah, just it's beautiful script writing. This is what the, the show should be about. It should be about the characters, what they're feeling, um, and that kind of, you know, those, those conversations with others. But also as well... I thought the Adam and Charlie chat was really good as well. Um, it just it explains so much about Charlie, um, about his personality. He's kind of the whole kind of workaholic thing, but also as well, you know, being a gay or bi man um, in a rural area, it must be difficult um, to meet people. So no wonder he's kind of latched onto Adam. I, I think they really kind of resonated with me. That did that was that was really good, and I. Kind of, I think we kind of understand Charlie a little bit more. I mean, I know most people think he's a shit. I've got a bit of a crush on him, to be honest with you, as I've said before. So I thought this week's episode was good. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, well, not just kind of enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed it. I'm not sure on the milk bottle thing, but I'm, I'm, uh, there's no point saying anything about it, really. Um, yeah, not quite sure where that one's going. But all in all, I thought this was a bit of a return to form. Yeah, so all in all, quite good. So, yes, thumbs up, scriptwriters. Brilliant. All right, cheers. Bye. Yokel Bear. <laughs> Swimming against the tide, saying he really hates Kate. <laughs> um, and he doesn't want anyone to align his chakras, and if they try, he will smack him in the bush. Um, it has enabled Phoebe to become a better character, I think. Mm. She's, everyone loves Phoebe at the moment, woman of the moment. Um, and, yes, it was quite interesting, the Adam and Charlie chat. And the fact that he talks about being the only gay in the village and all that. Um, except clearly he's not because he's talking to the other only gay in the village who well, lives with he's, he's the, the other only, one. He's definitely the only bi in the village. Do you think he's bi? It's what he said. He said he's had relationships with women. Yeah, but, you know, it's kind of... You can... Everyone... <laughs> well, he's not allowed to hedge his bets like that. You've got to do one <laughs> thing or the other. <laughs> no, of course not. It's just some people will, you know bat for the team when they're one man down, so to speak. And I... <laughs> <laughs> 
I think he might have done it because um because you know he felt like he should or whatever but I I think he's fairly sure where his loyalties lie well I don't know and it's up a ponytail quite frankly (laughs) all I know is that many bisexuals always see themselves as somewhat kind of marginalised in the kind of LGBT I can't get the acronym right but you know what I mean kind of community because they're seen as a little bit suspicious yeah, well, it is seen as about doubling your chances of a date on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I did, I did like that conversation. I, I mm. did, I did. Though, um, you know, that kind of power dynamic um, is completely kind of shifted around now, hasn't it? You know, this is the first time that Charlie has yeah. been very kind of nakedly, um, kind of emotionally exposed, so to speak. Yeah. 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 And um... they've all got father issues. There's Charlie going, oh, my dad's very ambitious for me. And Rob saying, oh, it's my family, my, my, my father, da, da 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 da. There's all this daddy stuff going on. It's all very Freudian. Well, what we need then is some really good, well written male characters then. Mm-hmm. You know, to be fair, you know, I've been banging on the last few weeks about the fact that all the truly 3D well written characters are all, all female. I'm yeah. going to slightly revise that and say that Brian Aldridge, actually, if you sit down and think about it, there is um he does have you know that is a full rounded character yeah and that was really played out this week with you know helping Lillian with the move um etc and him him kind of being in the pub but somebody like um Robert Snell who I absolutely love and adore completely utterly 2D completely Mm. utterly 2D love the guy great character and it was actually it's the first time he's been on air Mm. um all year isn't it you know Mm. He yeah. has been just uh, voices off all, all the time, hasn't he? Another thing someone mentioned earlier, and forgive me, whoever you are on, on Twitter, I, I can't remember who it is. They said, why has Alice never spoken to Kate? Oh. Kate's, Kate's been back. You're right. For about a month. Oh, there. Where right. the hell is Alice? Mm. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, they've kind of got to sort that out a bit. <laughs> Remembering who is in the family, and maybe it's because they need to get the voices differentiated. Because you couldn't have it's like you couldn't have Charlie Barber spreadsheet uh, talking to Tom at the minute because they sound too similar. Mm. That you need to let the voices get. <laughs> you know, it'd be like one man having a very confused conversation with himself. You need you need to get the voices bedded in maybe before you unleash someone with a similar timbre into the scene. I don't know. Um, just before I completely utterly forget and we go off the point, but. Um, uh, uh, episode appearances with characters um, Mike Hatton who needs to get out and actually get a life but actually sent through to us um, a week ago or so on our book of face page um, all the characters up until in, in January 2015 all the characters had actually been in episodes of the Archers so it was Helen Archer had been in 11 Lillian had been in 9 etc 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 but the interesting thing was who had actually not been on you know so even mm. Bert had managed to managed to get on but there were a whole mm. load of characters of which Mr Snell was one of them who hadn't mm. actually been on the show already that year but now he now he has but yeah. um, so um, he does this every month does Mike Hatton and Mike please continue to post to our book of face page uh, with which characters have actually been on the show that month 
I know he's a bit banana rat, but we love him for it. I think that's great, actually. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Don't think it's anarchy at all. Let's not start pulling on that thread, and the old bloody Cheryl unravel if we're going to start <laughs> picking on people for being anoraks. Blimey. Right, we got another call. Hi, it's Cosmo here. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's only four weeks until my next holiday, you know. I've not sent any messages recently. A combination of a broken iPad and then your speak pipe has gone missing. An overdose of Archer's drama with no proper story development has meant very little to comment on. But then I think I might have been taking it all far too seriously. I do think you could sometimes use a on-hand fact-checker. Recently, you could not remember that it was Christmas 1993 when Susan went to prison and Mo Travis set her cap at Neil in early 1994. Also, Mike only buys some of the milk from Ed. The rest goes to the dairy, and I see that Muller have decided to pay farmers even less, so we should all pay more for our yogurts. 24p or, or less is what the farmers are getting. Last week, you applauded the delivery of Phoebe, and I know Lucy Morris is with you today, and I concur with that, but Roy Field made brief reference to the writer. Mary Cutler has written for the programme for nearly always, I think, and she provided those choice words for Phoebe. This week, it has been Kerry Davis who's been the writer. In the last two weeks, I think it is noticeable that the construction of the interplay between the characters has been rounded and bedded in the knowledge of the characters and of the people who play them. So there's been nothing on which I can nitpick. This lack of knowledge sometimes betrays the more recent writing recruits. As a writer, Lucy, I hope you would agree with me, unless, of course, you're up at the Sanderson at the moment. The week commenced with a masterful display by Rob showing just why he is the right man to look after poor Helen. She is clearly far too precious to work in a shop or check regularly on a manageress, and Rob was excellent in explaining this to her. It is obviously important that his food be cooked and on the table at the right time, and that the house is clean and tidy, rather than that the business makes any money to pay for the dinner. However, something went wrong on Tuesday when Helen appeared to slip the leash. She was completely oblivious to his ire and went out dancing. What revenge will he exact? On Monday, it was a pleasure to have confirmation that Mike still existed, even if Vicky seems to have left the village already. I cannot visualise a world where Mike, who, let me remind you, used to run the dairy at Brookfield and then subsequently ended up cutting down lots of woods, could happily live in a big city, nor why getting the right support for Bethany at Lower Loxley School would really be so difficult. Surely demonstrating that the little girl can grow up in the country would make a really good long-term background story full of character. Oh, sorry, I forgot. We only go for mega drama these days. Hi, Lucy and Roy Field. Jennifer in France here. I'm second time a caller in or a gentie on Twitter and exile in France. Thank you for the podcast. I love it. And I've just caught up on two or three episodes because I was working away in January. So that's been a real joy. Now then, this week in the Archers, 
I'd just like to say that Thursday's episode was an absolute joy. Any episode consisting entirely of Lillian's shoes and Robert twitching works well for me. Brian was getting paler by the minute as Lillian brought more and more boxes out. And if you can do somebody getting paler on the radio, then that that's a good thing. Secondly, this week, I'd like to talk about Charlie Barber's spreadsheet. Now, I like Charlie Barber's spreadsheet, and I think he's madly in love with Adam, and they would actually probably be very well suited. But as I also like Ian, I feel a little bit, a bit guilty about that. However, my highlight of the week was Rob's reaction to the idea of getting a takeaway. I would have told him to take the the out-of-date, crappy food from the back of the freezer and garnish it with some mouldy vegetables from the back of the storeroom and he'd probably also have to puree it and drink it through a straw by the time I'd made my feelings clear. Uh, Of course, you know, Jennifer and moving everybody into home farm is just insane. But I did say on Twitter about them, Brian will probably want to go to Costa Rica. That's pretty much it. Oh, uh, I'm a freelance textile designer living in France, designing furnishing fabrics and trying to get a house finished so that I can let it out for summer rentals. So um, that means I've got absolutely no expertise and probably no use for you for anything, really. I like the website. Uh, not the website, the podcast. I'm sorry, I keep saying website. Thank you. Take care. Jennifer Turner. She likes Charlie Barber's spreadsheet. Uh, and she feels disloyal uh, because she also likes Ian and um, you know she would quite like uh, Adam and Charlie to get it on Um, she loved the twitching bird watching twitching and Lillian's shoes bit and also she said Rob's reaction to the idea of getting a takeaway he's starting to sort of uh, be a bit more public in his it's going to take a long time before anything filters through Helen's levels of insecurity but he is kind of being rob is being more upfront now about what he likes and doesn't like and how it's not actually all about helen because he had a bit of a threw a bit of a tantrum didn't he when she said you've got to pick up henry mm-hmm. and he sort of he sort of said well why can't you you know and do you why do you mean you have to go now well that means we've got to get a takeaway and blah, 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 blah. the sooner he 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 the sooner that the cloven hoof pops out the better i say because then we could all hate him and kill him with sticks mm. nasty nasty uh, man hi my name's carl john mr hansen and i tweet as extones and since you want to know what we that listen work with we tell you that i work with infrastructure but i'm actually an organic chemist. I'm also Swedish, so I'm probably one of the other few listeners that are actually not a native English speaker. I have a plot prediction for you, and it's regarding the whole Adam, Charlie, Ian story. I think that what will happen is that Bob will tell Ian that Charlie and Adam has had a fling on New Year's Eve. This will happen on Valentine's, and the result of this will be that Adam and Ian's marriage totally breaks down. Ian will leave his job at Lower Loxley. He will also leave Ambridge. This will have a bonus effect for Rob that Helen will now be totally isolated, and also will give the scriptwriters the right to write him out. I think this will happen probably in the next month or so. That was all. Keep up the good work. Loving the podcast. Thank you. Bye. Carl Jonas Johansson is uh, a first-time uh. caller in and an organic chemist and Swedish to boot. 
Nobody yes. can say we don't go for the exotic. <laughs> and delivered this call not in his mother tongue. Made yes. Made a saying, didn't he? Yes, he did. And mm. he also delivered it in an airport on the runway, judging by the noise quality of <laughs> that. Um, he says that uh, Rob will tell Ian on Valentine's night that Charlie and... Uh, uh, um, Adam had a fling and uh, that Ian will leave his job at Lower Loxley and disappear. I hope not, because I do like Ian, but I can't really see mm. three, a three heading... gay men all living in the same village. I can't exactly. One of them's got to go. Well, two and a half gay men, because Charlie's kind of, is a bit kind of, mm, I could go this way, could go that way. Um, see, that's but... the noise, that's the noise that, that Neil started making. <laughs> <laughs> like a dog when it wants to come in and he's raining. <laughs> it's I, a very strange I noise. do feel that old Ian is heading for a character cul-de-sac. I really, yeah. yeah, he's just... And, and actually, though we all love Ian, hasn't he just been a saint and perfect? And, you know, that's yeah. the way it's just been written. He's yeah. kind of too good, really, to be yeah. true. Yeah. But hey, but hey. Mm. Which might be part of the problem with with uh, Adam. Adam why Adam wants to go off and look elsewhere I just think Adam's just slightly a, slightly a randy goat though it has to be said right I sat down and thought about this the other day because you know I always bang on about how I have this kind of uh, weedy soft brummy kind of voice and I wish I could be all manly mm. he doesn't sound like a very cool refined 60s spy doesn't he Adam Macy he has the most he does. He's got beautiful a great voice. voice yeah you know actually Rob has an even more beautiful voice really which yeah Rob has a gorgeous voice it's just it's ruined by what comes out of it <laughs> it's, it's not his sex and you can't but when he was at the Dumpty Dum Awards mm. and he spoke before before he went all on purpose sinister and sort of said mm. but are you sure and all that and I thought oh hello <laughs> hello I thought <laughs> gorgeous voice mm. right and now a email from Monique who says, she makes a very good point, why do we all believe there is something not quite right with Jess? Have we all been brainwashed by Rob? She has seemed quite sane to me every time I heard her speak, no. except she's been married to Rob for so long, but they got together quite young. Rob is the one who says she's disturbed and we've been believing him. But you think she's she's a bit of a nut job, Well, the, she, the way she turned up at the cottage that time, number one. Number two was uh, that conversation with Rob. Now, look, Rob's bonkers. So, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he's the, the, the wronged party in all of this. You know, the man's evil. And as you keep on saying he's got a cloven hoof, you know, he is Beelzebub or, or something or another. However, you know, there is, that conversation a few weeks back, and she could have very clearly said, Rob, there was that time we did the do blah 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 she didn't she kept on saying you are my husband you are mm. my child's father you know which is the clue which the scriptwriter has given us to say that you know all, that everything isn't quite adding up you know so mm. that clue has been laid and it wasn't you know it didn't go you know I noticed it and so did other people she's not quite right and that time when she barged in you know with Helen there was as you said it's all kind of passive aggressive it was all kind it was all slightly peculiar she is you know she has been wronged Rob um 
did go off and uh, you know dare I say do Helen behind her back and he just got to move to the village and and there's something weird with their relationship in that you know he didn't mention her for a long time you know well when he'd moved to Ambridge yeah so yeah but there's there's another dimension to all of this mm. and I'm in it for the ride but I just kind of want it to stick slightly speed up a little yeah yeah, just a little, not too much. Well, we kept thinking, didn't we? Oh, we're, we're, it'll all, it'll all happen at Christmas. Whatever is going to happen will happen at Christmas. Yeah, and then whatever, whatever the happens, happen at New Year's Eve. And then it's Valentine's Day. And then you're <laughs> beginning to think. I tell you what, should we just go for you know, the the, the first landing on Mars by you know humans? That'd be good. Bloody well, else. talking about landings on Mars, I saw um, Interstellar uh, a couple oh, yeah. of days ago. Great film, beautiful. We'll, we'll get John Cop will be writing in again. Oh no, he says he doesn't want to hear what we did at the weekend be, okay. before we start the show. That was his ah, right, bone okay. of contention, I think. So we'll talk about what we did at the weekend all the way through the show. Absolutely, <laughs> he's getting ah. his wish. He's getting his. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you wish for, John. <laughs> Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Um, I've been out of the loop for a couple of weeks because we've had all sorts going on domestically. However, um, I'm fairly baffled by Bert and Joe vying for Carol's affections. As you know, I'm not baffled by Joe. Uh, he, he does that sort of thing, doesn't he? I mean, there's that Canadian woman and I think it's Marjorie Atropos. Could have got that wrong. But Bert, he's married. He's married to Frida. Why is he dancing with Carol? And why is Joe getting all antsy about it? I don't understand. And he is getting a bit saucy because he's talking about bedding plants and well-rotted manure, which I think is probably what passes for a decent chat-up technique amongst the rural elderly. Um, I can only assume that Carol has been adding skunk to his tea. Uh, There really is no other explanation, I don't think. Um, So, yeah, if someone could sort that out for me, that would be fab. Um, I'm most engaged with Phoebe at the... Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
moment. She is absolutely and utterly heroic. She's saying all those things to Kate that we have been shouting at the radio for some years. Um, although Kate is impressive, I didn't think you could create a believably subtle stereotype. But there she is. She's absolutely amazing. And this is the stuff we want. So I'm quite happy to let Dave and uh, Ruthie do whatever they want, preferably in Prada. But um, more of Phoebe. I think Phoebe is the future. Anyway, love to you all. And uh, that's it from me. Bye-bye. Dusty Substances, your chief lady. Um, I don't know if she's my chief lady. Is she not? No, no, no. I run... Um, I, I, it, it's a bit of a commune I've got with, with my girls. You know, no one is actually first, you know, though she might be slightly the first amongst equals. <laughs> oh, it's, God. We don't run a hierarchy. No, 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 no. Except you are obviously chief. Chief what? Well, chief anything, if it's not a hierarchy. You're saying they are not in a hierarchy. No, they are we're, really, a, we're a collective. Really That's hard. what we are. Okay. Me and my girls were a collective. Have you asked them whether they're a collective? <laughs> Listen, they're all happy seems, to be there. I don't, it I'm, seems to be a bit of a benign dictatorship from what I can... <laughs> <laughs> oh, talking about uh, my, my lovely ladies, the posse. Mm. Um, mm. Goddess the Diva. <laughs> Well, talking about the pussy posse, there's been a pussy riot because uh, Goddess Diva, she's not happy about the fact that she's not one of my lovely ladies. To be fair, Goddess Diva is a small ball of fury just looking for a cause, isn't she? Whatever you'd have done, somehow, somebody would have got it in the neck when she's got her dander up. Mmm... So, um, goddess, I'm, I'm really sorry. I don't know. What, I thought your she application. Sorry. I thought she looked great in her ears. Did you not see her? Yes, and also in her picture with her baseball tee. Team yeah. brilliant. She yeah. She looks stunning. Because it's some kind of little bit of kind of backlight. It's all kind of a little bit fuzzy, and she looked great. And her hair's all kind of curly, and she's looking looking. Mm. Mighty fine. So, um, your application to be one of Royfield's lovely ladies, uh, membership number, actually, I think she was membership number n- number three, but it was lost in the post. You know, now the Royal Mail's gone privatised, you know, this service gone way down, way down. And uh, it's purely an administrative oversight. So, uh, Goddess Diva, you are officially one of my lovely ladies. So, chillax. You're in the team. I'm sure that will come as a great relief to you, Goddess Diva. I'm sure. <laughs> well, she was the one. She was kicking many, off. She was kicking off on any on... sleepless nights, worrying whether or not she could join your cockeyed harem. Anyway, why do you have to Just put the word a... cock into that? <laughs> cockeyed, I said. Yeah, but you. Oh, come on. We know what you're alluding to. It's not about that. Okay. We sit around the campfire. We tell stories, you know, we hold hands and just generally commune. You know, it's not about that. <laughs> uh, your head is a terrifying place, isn't it? Oh, again, with the thinly veiled sexual reference. No, that absolutely was not. Oh, hey, oh, come on. What head are you referring to? The one wibbling around on your weirdo little neck. OK, good. Mm. All right. right. Dusty substances, Carol and Joe. Just as you don't have a team of boys. No, shut up. Um, there's, uh, she said there's much Exeter too much... Exeter Dormouse wasn't at all bothered. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't, was he? No. 
Cheerio then. Never mind. Um, Carol and Joe, Dusty Substances says there's much too much chat about wedding plants with Carol and Joe and uh, Carol and Bert. And Bert's forgotten he's married. Um, But she's very delighted with Phoebe and says she is heroic, which I agree. Hello, Dumpty Dum. This is Julie, um, a.k.a. Sardine Tin. It's been a while since my last um, and admittedly first call, but I've been organised and made myself a list. I don't really work without lists, so I have a list of things that I wanted to get off my chest for a change. So without further ado, here are Tin's random things about the archers. Number one, Matt. Costa Rica. Bit of a weird one, this one. Purely by coincidence, my boss recently spent a week in Costa Rica, which is um, odd in itself. There's a long story behind it. And according to him, it's a place full of jungles, mosquitoes, really dodgy liquor and ex-cocaine smugglers. So what the hell is Matt Crawford actually doing there? I mean, surely if he was just going to run away somewhere tropical, he'd have been better off going to Jamaica. I mean, at least there are direct flights and you don't have to go trekking 30 days through the jungle. But I suppose if you don't want to be found, then perfect. Anyway, number two, Roy and Kate. Hmm. Now, much as I'm convinced that actually this is probably quite unlikely to happen, I'd love to actually see those two reunited by the mutual despisal from their daughter and their shared love of extramarital sex. I mean, Kate keeps going on about the special connection the two of them had, right? So how about they are reunited in a storm of self-indulgent snot and sackcloth? Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, thirdly, I nodded vigorously at Goddess Diva's comments last week on the podcast on cat ears. However, I did want to point out that surely it's a parent's duty to embarrass their children, especially teenagers. Uh, My children aren't quite old enough to be at the teenage stage, but I'm personally looking forward to making it my life's mission to be as embarrassing for them as possible. Um, And fourthly and finally, fetish fairs and juices. It's just filth, isn't it, really? Let's face it. Um, It's a good job that my eldest daughter, who is nine, uh, is actually really getting into the archers, doesn't listen to this podcast. Well, loving it as always. That's it. Bye for now. Uh, And Julie Sardine Tin said, why is Matt in Costa Rica? It's damp and humid and it's rainy and it's full of cocaine smugglers. And uh, maybe that's what Matt is. But if he was a cocaine smuggler, he wouldn't need to take all Lillian's money because he'd be loaded, as they all seem to be quite rich. And she wants Roy and Kate to get back together. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. That is neither acceptable, acceptable, as that nanny woman says, or um, or anything we want. No, I'm actually, I'm going to get lambasted for this, but there we go. I felt sorry for Roy. I think having having Kate there puts everybody into light relief. And <laughs> when you've got somebody as awful as her, anybody else who isn't her comes as rare and refreshing fruit. So she was, um, it was, I felt very relieved when uh, Phoebe went to see Roy and told her mother to get knotted. Because I, 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 I honestly, uh, yeah, he made a massive mistake, and boy, is he paying for it. Mm, no, absolutely. And whereas Roy's mistake was was one mistake, uh, Kate 
Kate's life has been a mistake so far, really. And she won't admit it. She won't say. No, and it's not. So she I won't have admit it. I have she doesn't see it. This up. No, no, no. She no. doesn't see it. It's that no. self-delusional yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. by the yeah. way, yes. we don't have a call from... Witherspoon. We do, don't we? No. Did he, didn't he? did he call this week? No. Good afternoon, Lucy and Royfield and Dumdy Dummers from Witherspoon in New York City. It's February and just a word about the weather here. We're having a second consecutive deep freeze of a winter with temperatures hardly ever getting above freezing with lots of snow and ice. A good thing that Angus Haggis has several coats to choose from. Today, he's in his Scottish tartan. I can't wait for an Ambridge spring and the May Day celebration. I should mention that I record this on Wednesdays, just a day after listening to your podcast, so I can't comment on a good bit of the Ambridge goings-on leading to the new one. But what a great podcast your last one was. My compliments to the both of you. Your free associations about rubber, S&M, and dungeons were hilarious. Keep up the good work, but remember, your conversations are not private and confidential. I know you want me to shine my analytic light on Tichinob this week. You know, knob is not a slang for phallus that we use in the States. We use the nickname for Richard. I first learned your term when I watched Love Actually and Colin Frissell said, he's got a big knob. So, on to Ambridge business. I very much enjoyed Blythe Spirit's analysis of Rob and the think the two of us can work together, though not in Royfield's dungeon. Handsome husband wouldn't approve. Well, I don't believe that Rob has a sociopathic personality, maybe just a trait here and there. I do think that he is pathologically insecure, as Blythe Spirit noted, arising from being brought up by a cold, distant, and critical mother in the shadow of a more accomplished brother. Perhaps there was other craziness going on as well. This insecurity leads to the need to form an idealized family and to control loved ones. When rejected, anxiety leads to anger, which leads to rage. When Helen had to leave him to go back to Ambridge Organics yesterday, if you noticed, he momentarily became anxious, which was then followed by anger. I actually think that Rob wants the store to succeed so that it doesn't disturb his happy little family. His level of rage toward Jess for standing up to him is growing and growing, and Helen's dependency issues fall right into place for him. I really want Jess's baby to be as his for the great drama of it, but I am worried about both Helen and Henry's safety if things blow up. Rob has embraced the role of being Henry's father, which ordinarily would be a good thing, just a little bit too much for my comfort. You know, when Rob first appeared on the scene, the scriptwriters presented a bit more balanced view of him, but he has steadily devolved into a one-dimensional evil character. Remember, it's similar to the way they briefly wrote Lillian's paramour, Paul. He went from normal to controlling crazy in no time before his untimely death. Now, just a word about the actress who plays Phoebe. I can't wait for her interview. As someone who works a lot with teenagers, I can say that she's been spot on in her reaction to her father and Kate. So great job. Of course, teenagers get angry and yell at their parents when upset. Nothing unusual about that. And it was refreshing to hear. Characters on the Archers hardly ever directly confront each other. Even Jennifer was too subtle yesterday. I think that the line, sometimes I wish you could hear the words that come out of your mouth, was totally lost on Kate. And to address last week's discussion, I would say that Kate's thoughts are somewhere in that ambiguous realm between conscious lies and self-delusions, as with any narcissist. Well, it's time for lunch. I don't have a pub like the Bull to go to, so I guess I'll settle for some hot soup. Until next time, bye-bye. You know, last week, 
I said mm. we should have Witherspoon's corner. Mm. Dusty, my lovely Dusty. Um, she has concurred, and half of the Book of Faces concurred, and okay. we do need Witherspoon's corner. So yeah. I'm a thinking, Mr. Witherspoon, you should call in when you can and we should have a little um, kind of in-treatment session and you say, and now we're going to have Roy Tucker on the psychiatrist's couch. And he just talks for two, three minutes about Roy and and that'd be cool. And then next week we do another one, another character. Yeah. Because everybody wants Witherspoon's Corner. Yeah. And if we can have the pooch... Except apparently Witherspoon. (laughs) 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 First time he mentioned it, never rang in again. (laughs) No, he's rung in twice. You're talking about. Because remember, he had said, "Let's have yes," and then you said, "Let's have Witherspoon's corner," and then he's silent as the grave. Hmm. Mm. Well, I think now we, you know, it's not just us asking for it. It's Dusty and half of the internet. Yes. All right. So, and you don't piss us off, Witherspoon. So get your ass, get calling, stop. Fart asking about real patients. We need you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Psychopathy, schmycopathy. It doesn't matter. It's fine. The most important thing is us. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we do John Cop? Now we're talking about psychopaths. Um... <laughs> That's a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. We love you really. We love you really, my darling. He says that he's worried about us having another actress or actor on the show because with our track record is it not like giving someone the black spot Mm. (laughs) I hope the actor who played Lucas has plenty of other work we are never likely to hear him again Um, and he said I will this is I don't know quite take this I will take Lucy's tent flaps with me to the grave he says Um, (laughs) but is there a way I can start with that rather than listen to you two spending 10 minutes chatting about what you did at the weekend no there is not John tough well okay right um, slightly serious point here right Mm. and I think um, there's a little bit of uh, we need to make the the distinction between what we do and a radio show and I think um some people think well it's a radio show is good <laughs> that's sorry <laughs> no that's not true we're very good aren't we Carry on. slick well oiled machine you, you yes. know that alright so a radio show typically runs to a specific length and um, has one topic that it deals with and because it runs to a specific length um, you know they just that's what they talk about full stop Um, We are a podcast and so our length varies because we're not in a broadcast schedule. So if we want it to be three hours long, keeping three hours long, if we want it to be two minutes long, it'll be two minutes long. But I think the other kind of big distinction is this is a fans podcast. So um, and what we are trying to uh, kind of get over is the fact that we are a community of like minded people. And I suppose kind of conductors in chief are Lucy and I, uh, and this um, and be, and the vibe very much is two mates having a chat over a carafe of vegan macrobiotic uh, wine. Now, yes, uh, Lucy and I seem to pull this off quite well because we 
can't stand each other but the vibe generally is that we kind of do and and it's very kind of conversational now I know that for some people they're like well just talk about the show but it's a conversation of people who are brought together by a love of the archers but that is not the only thing which is kind of going on in our lives in our world however I take the point though Mr. Cop <laughs> that if we banter on loads before we actually start the show that some people can get lost in the weeds and especially if you're anti the NHS and you want it to be closed down and whatever you go oh it's political propaganda well tough it's my podcast I'll do whatever I want <laughs> so if you don't like See? it benign dictatorship watch it John maybe one of these lovely ladies if you're not careful but no, you'll be sitting th- round the campfire holding hands <laughs> But there is, there is a, a, you know, I do take the point and this is what I will do. I'm going to curtail the the length of the verbiage before we officially start the show, just to a minute or so, if we do it at all. And we'll keep all the nonsense talk to to kind of afterwards in the post after the, uh, after we say goodbye. So I do slightly take the point, and if we're going on for ten minutes talking about um, the American health healthcare system, um, it, it, some some of the people are, oh, I thought I tuned into something talk, <laughs> talk about the archers, <laughs> but it's a podcast. We will uh, go off on tangents. We will talk about whatever you want to, uh, but we will always, but the archers will always be at the core. Will not be the only thing we talk about. Next caller. Hang on, I, I just want to read this this point that he makes because it really made me laugh. Number four, I get a lot of pleasure from the show. My wife thinks I am mad. We draw the curtains, light the fire, wrap our pensioners' blankets around us and wait for the valves to warm up. I don't know whose valves. So we can listen to the archers on the wireless at 7.02. I proceed to tell her the latest conspiracy theories from your show, which she takes as fact. The little light comes on and she calls me a fantasist. (laughs) I love that, John. That's very good. (laughs) And he says, if you don't behave, I will ring up and leave you a monologue on the impact of the EU common agricultural policy on British farm economics yes there's a threat and a half Mm. and of course oh apart from the one you heard and I didn't which was Oh, Jojo Jojo Sexy Heels. Hello, you two. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. Firstly, really sorry. I've been away for a couple of weeks and trying to catch up with the archers and Dumpty Dum has been a bit of a marathon. Hoping I'm going to squeeze into this week's episode. So, having listened to three episodes of Dumpty Dum back to back, um, so comment about last week's episode this week or should I say episode 42 Royfield was remembering his favourite advert for Ready Breck my favourite advert I thought I would share with you you're not going to be surprised to hear this it was for Start Right Shoes there were a number of children trying on shoes and saying when I grow up I want to be a fireman when I grow up I want to be a nurse etc etc The final little girl tried on a pair of lovely red sandals and said, and when I grow up, my mummy says, I'm going to be a proper little madam. It's where my love of shoes began. Well, back to the archers. I have to say, I am, of course, Team Lillian. And let's all remember, old is gold. We need a new love interest for Lillian and fast. The only man around with any sort of money seems to be Justin Elliott. And to be honest, he'd probably be right up her street. So bring on the next uber wealthy man and bring our Lil's heart a flutter. I'm going to miss you, Tiger. 
RIP Matt. This last week, I absolutely loved Jenny Darling giving Kate an admonishment. Though I can't quite work out why some of the cast are now speaking so fast. We seem to be expecting a more normal, slow, rural speech pattern. But it's all getting a bit EastEnders. Slow it down, guys. I know it's only 12 minutes an episode, but 12 minutes and 5 seconds sound a lot better. Next question. Why is Carol relishing being the sex object of Joe Grundy and Bert Fry? My God, it should be Roy she's looking to attract, not these old men. I think it's time for a Valentine's love potion. Let's get out those herbs. It's also good for me to hear that there's been a business opportunity that's been missed to date. No chilli oil left in Underwoods. I'm sure that St Jill's going to be bottling the local rapeseed oil with some of those Bridge Farm chilli peppers. They'll be selling them in, in Bridge Farm Organics faster than that. Finally, I have to remind listeners, including the delicious Witherspoon and his cockapoo, that we did actually have a doctor in the village. It was Siobhan's husband, whose name escapes me. But he was the one who was cuckolded by uh, Brian Aldridge and we ended up with Rory. Haven't had a doctor since then. Still loving everything that you two are doing, Royfield and Lucy. Keep it up. Because of all the pleading that I've done, I'm now the proud recipient of two Dumpty Dum t-shirts, one in black and one in white. And apparently there's another gift in the post. So keep it all going. I'm really looking forward to the 50th episode when we can all raise our glasses to you both. And I'll be getting onto the donations page after I hang up now. She she caught up on some old Dumpty Dums and um, the one where I was talking about Ready Breck being, uh, you know, uh, yes. Trades Descriptions Act. And she remembered some old advert where some little girl talks about shoes. And okay. she said that's where it all started. Ah. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Mm. But other than that, uh, I can't quite remember what you said there. Uh, it was a great call though I'm sure <laughs> and, you, and you, went, you went on but she'd been on her holidays and she sent through on some form of social media it must be in the book of face or maybe because now we're friends on the book of face but there's a lovely picture of her looking all kind of radiant and lovely and she's a, she's a lovely looking woman she's cracking you know so well done to you and well done for having a holiday and well done for coming back and listening to Lady <laughs> Dumpty Dum so well done <laughs> It's like hospital radio. Right. We're going to do the top five of the Archers hashtag What's tweets of the week. What's that supposed to mean? Because I feel like you're, that's a bit of a slight. No, well, done a bit for of going a... On, well done for going on holiday and well done for coming back again. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever listen to Radioactive? No. Years ago, it was a very, very, very. It was Angus Dayton. It was a very funny program about oh, taking yes, Mickey out of a yes, terrible radio station. Yeah. And he said, uh, "We'd like to uh, got a, a record um, record request here from uh, Nancy Bartlett, who's 111. Oh no, she's ill." <laughs> <laughs> this really made me laugh. Anyway. Mm. Uh, all right, well, um, on, on that uh, stuff, whatever happened to him? He's he kind of fallen it. off the radar, hasn't he? Well, yeah, yeah, well, various drug scandals, I think, pushed him off the radar. Yes. Ooh. Mm. Nighty Night, I loved him in Nighty Night. Yeah. 
Did you ever watch he that? Always, and yeah, and um, well, he always plays the, the the slightly sardonic neighbor, doesn't he? Because he played the same thing in um, uh, the uh, Victor Meldry program. Mm. Yeah. And his his wife was a sex maniac. Was a yeah. maniac in the. She's just she's a great actress. Whatever the heck her name is. But anyway, uh, why don't we uh, take five? Um, I'll just snip and have some instant camp coffee, and uh, you can uh, make yourself happy or something. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pop. That the only thing we have to fear is. Four score and seven years ago, when in the course of human events. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. There is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There's the United States of America. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Right then, Luce. Yes. Right, we, we've done our caller in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we crack on with the hashtag The Archers Tweets of the Week? Andy make the tea said why was there no action helpline number for those affected by Underwood's running out of chilli oil good point um Yokel Bear said there is a dating app for people like Rob wanker (laughs) (laughs) Adrian Rathbell said there will be a Mayday wrestling match between Bert and Joe Jim and Rob on the green winner takes Trigoran <laughs> Sue Archer said Charlie Cox's little finger and Adam Fingers is oh hang on um, and Jelby Toad said yes Adam is a one man guy except for Gavel or whatever he was called but we don't Babble. talk about that la 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 <laughs> mm. what Gavel yeah I know but they called him Gavel oh okay and tweet of the week who said this was uh, Pat talking to Helen she doesn't need gentle hints Pat she needs whacking over the head with a copy of the female eunuch (laughs) (laughs) very good alright so uh, oh oh what I think think it's time no it wasn't camp it was metrosexual that was oh sorry Mm. like Kenneth Williams was metrosexual (laughs) no he was camp <laughs> he was absolutely. You cancer. wait till you hear this back and hear you go woo, and then you'll, <laughs> you'll realise what I meant. But anyway, hang oh, on. I mean, I'll put a special effect on it, drop it down a couple of octaves. Yeah. Sound like, like Barry White. <laughs> the walrus of love. Um, let's nip down under and have a touch of Millie. I'm not sure you should be touching Millie down under. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> Good day, everyone. It's Millie Bell here on a stinking hot day here in Northern Victoria. Just looking at our Facebook page, and we've had some great conversation about some professions that are missing 
in Ambridge. And uh, the obvious one that uh, jumped into my mind was every, everywhere I go, I bump into teachers. And there haven't been any teachers apart from when uh, Kathy Perks was a teacher in Ambridge. So we just wondered, and also Royfield doesn't like to know what people's professions are, what's happening out there. So uh, Alice Shelley Thomas agreed with me. She said, well, what about the teachers? Jacqueline Bertho asked, what about a postie? Essential but dying breed. Fiona Griffin said she is an usher specialising in family law. I'm expecting great family law storylines when the Helen Rob situation implodes, but I just hope this, the scriptwriters do their homework. I have given up on every other soap, including EastEnders, because of their completely inept handling of legal storylines. So high expectations there. Uh, Hannah Mae Whiting also asks where the teachers are. Hayley Brett says, I manage a charity shop. I'm sure if they had one, it would do a roaring trade. Dee Leary says there's a severe lack of trade unions. Um, I'm not sure if we can have one just for Ambridge. Jeremy Peake said something, and I hope I can say this, but I don't know what it means. He said, Saga Maker's Bottom Knockoff. I hope that means something to some of you. Vicky Cole says, Optometrist. Ambridge folk don't get their eyes tested very often, and then unnecessary panic sets in with cataracts. Jill Marjorie Antrobus. This is just in uh, her opinion. Uh, Katie Michelle Duhamel thinks counselling. Please give Helen my card. And Diane Telford, you would have thought they would at least have a chippy of either variety. Oh, hang on. They did. Where is Daryl? Nicholas Barnes is being very naughty. He wants to know where the oldest profession is. I'm assuming that you mean agriculturist and there's plenty of those, Nicholas. We also had to put up an apology because we uh, were really sad but uh, Lucy Morris can't be with us this week. She's in the middle of a major storyline, as you know, and uh, that's keeping her very busy. Uh, but I think that when she does come on, she will have a lot of fans, and everyone's been very good-natured about it. I'd posted up on all of the artist fans I could find that she would be there, and then I had to say, sorry, she's not going to be here. Uh, it's nice to know how much support there is for our actors. Uh, Sarah Charlie Harding says it's a shame that Phoebe's not going to be on or Lucy Morris please tell me it's Jazza that's lined up because I totally love him Pete Lambert made me laugh because he wants Frida, Frida, Frida uh, and Jacqueline Bertho gets the award for the most helpful this week because she said she would help Lucy Morris or Phoebe with her French homework if it would help speed up her interview. So thank you. You are a lovely lot, aren't you? Uh, keep talking on Facebook or the Book of Face, as Royfield says, and I'll see you next week. Right. Yes. That's Millie. And that means we are coming up to the end of the show, folks. So, hmm. Um, how do you think it's been this week, Lucy? What? Cleaner than last. That's Much cleaner. Mm, good. Yeah. Now, on to shop news. You can buy swag with our logo on it, and you can... Oh, what? Good heavens, what have I written here? It's supposed to be, and boy are you... Okay. Mm. God, even you can read my... <laughs> no, I've got. I can. I can do it now. I can decipher what you. What you. What you. Oh. Where you're heading to until you go diverting off at the last minute into somewhere bizarre. Now on to shop news. You can buy swag with our logo on it, and boy, are you buying and are showing the following have bought stuff. Simon Riley, D. Leary, Jean Rose, Kirsty Dingwell, 
and Helen Redmond. Oh, I was supposed to say Anne. Sorry. Sorry about that. And if you go onto the Twitters, you can see Kirsty Dingwell in all of her glory sport in a dum-de-dum top and holding a pint. That's our type of totty. She, oh, she did not look hot. You know, she's got a logo just in the right place. Now, remember... <laughs> <laughs> what is the matter with you? You flipping bromide. What do you mean? The logo's on the front of a T-shirt. Just in the right place on top of what? In terms of, because Cafe Press print this stuff out, I design it, they print it, the logo is in the right place. Okay, good. They've done That's their it. job. Good. Remember, <laughs> you can not only buy the merch, but you need to take a pic of you in the goods too. So, so also... you can have your chestal area discussed on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mention anybody's chestal area. That's no. you. That's you. All I was saying is that Cafe Press have done their job and printed the T-shirts correctly. Mm. <laughs> so also we have my main girl, Jean Rest. Oh, I love Jean. Jean, big love to you. Um, she is so stalwart in all things Royfield. Um, written reviews on um, 10 American Presidents and she's retweeting Yay. my stuff like there's no tomorrow. And she's so lovely. And there's a lovely picture of her in her fleece um this week and i was full of all kind of like love for gene i just want to give you a big cuddle gene so uh, so look on our twitters and you'll see her in her fleece and also this week we had uh goddess diva looking great in her t-shirt claire maxwell three looking headless nice and b12 simon with his mug now bit we'll be waiting for sorry no, 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 you go, go, you go, you go. That's, no, 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 I've done sing, it. Sing, sing that again, go on, cue me no. properly now, because you took me, took me unawares. <laughs> no, I can't, I'm under pressure now, I can't sing under pressure, it's not karaoke. No. We have one, I repeat, one brand new iTunes review, and it comes from? Not Curious. From the colony that got away, and also from the frozen north, slight little bit of a segue. I haven't segued much in this episode you at all, have I? No, no, I've been good. I've, I've, I've kept it on track. Tilly, John Cop, I've been chastened. I've been chastened, John. Um, and from the frozen north, we got um, uh, not an email, we got a review from Not Contrary for my How Jamaica podcast. Hey. So thank you for that, Not Contrary. Um, now, if you have an itchy donation finger, then click away on the donate button on the site and give us cold hard cash like, and this should be in red. Uh, Catherine Kavanagh. And Lonnie J. Bahar. So they donated this week uh, and that is kind of quite wonderful. Uh, so thank you for being wonderful and depositing in our Borchester branch of the Dumpty Dum Bank. You can also go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum and you can donate $2 a show, which is about £1.30. And uh, we've got about 11 Patreons on there now, so that's all. Thank you, Patreons. Thank you all, thank you all, thank you all. Now, remember, you can also send us a voice message via the site. Now, there is some jiggery-pokery going on, and there's now I can do to fix it. Um, And the jiggery-pokery is this, is that if you are on a tablet or on a phone... Which, uh, which is classed as uh, viewing the site on a mobile device, the little speak pipey red tab is not showing up. If you go from a regular laptop or a desktop computer, which is kind of normal display for a website, it does 
does show. Nothing I can do. It's obviously some jiggery pokery with speak pipe. I've sent them an email and said, Oi, sort it out. It's some Russian geezer. So I don't know what's happening over in Moscow right, right here and now. Uh, but we have said, please fix it. And I'm sure, because there's many other websites that have the facility that other websites have moaned to. Uh, but there's nothing we can do. But if you find yourself like I know Dusty and Yokel Bear and many people have been uh, doing their calls via their tablets. If you find yourself not being able to call us via your tablet, why don't you try this number, which is 0203-031-3105 and you can get through to us. So do that then, folks. And hopefully, 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 sometime very soon, SpeakPipe will have fixed the problem with the mobile sites and tablets. Now, you can also ping us a regular text message because we like those, because Lucy likes to read them out and uh, put them in the show. In my in my uh, Esther Anson and the Gasport said voice. I like that. Oh, that was always the end of the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there yeah. was... What's his After name? your Sunday dinner, you sat and watched that with oh. Cyril... Cyril, what's it? Was it Thrower and... or Fletcher? Cyril Fletcher or Thrower? Someone like that. Yeah, he sat in his big chair yeah. with his big glasses. and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there was the geezer with the beard that used to be on Nationwide as well. Yeah, and Gavin somebody. Oh, yeah, the two younger guys, weren't they? Yes. Mm. One, was, one was quite looking. He was quite good quite looking. Quite looking? And, and he, <laughs> he was kind of like the, the... Who's that one in Top Gear? The little one. Richard oh, Hammond. Richard he Hammond. was kind of like the Richard, Richard Hammond of, of mm. that's life. That sounded almost like a comedy sound effect. What, the door squeaking? Yeah. It wasn't a comedy sound effect. <laughs> it was my son. But anyway. Why isn't he at school? <laughs> because it's half past six in the evening. Oh, crumbs. Yeah, sorry. It's uh, 10.24 for me. I thought it was 10.24 a.m. <laughs> for everybody. Um, all right, so, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah. What? Where are oh, we? Esther Anson. Esther Anson. Mm. Anyway. No, the nostalgia. End of the weekend. Uh, End of the weekend. End of the weekend. Um, so are ready. Then you watched All Creatures Great and Small. Darabee 389. Nah, that was a little bit too middle class and highbrow for us. Uh-huh. We never used to watch that. You'd have seen him with his hand up a cow's bum once and that would have freaked you out for the rest of your life. <laughs> never was... No, would have put you off. Uh, so, oh, where are we? Ping us a regular text oh, message if you like, because Lucy likes them, and I like them, though Lucy likes them more. She reads them out, she puts them in the show, and that's all wicked and fab, because some people uh, feel a little bit kind of self-conscious about hearing their voice, you know, on a call, so they like to just, like, type a message. So that's all good. Oh, you can find us on the Twitters, where we are, at dum dum or you can tweet me, at Royfield. Or me, at Lucy V. Freeman. So please, please, please keep those reviews coming because we want to be top of the podcast charts. Oh, can I just talk about the top of the podcast charts, right? Yes. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the music for Top of the Pops? You can't talk about Top of the Pops anymore, otherwise you get arrested by Operation U-Tree. <laughs> People come round to your house and take you away. <laughs> I don't think that's actually accurate i think you can talk about top of the it feels like that you're not allowed to talk about the 70s because everybody in the 70s has been arrested mm. my childhood has been arrested basically mm. well yeah yeah rolf harris yeah Shocker. depressingly yeah. enough yeah well <sighs> anyway so yeah there was this program that used to come on on a thursday after uh, tomorrow's world 
right? And we can't name, give you the title. Feels a bit like, you remember when the IRA were banned from being on TV? And you, you know, and there were sort of actors to like to, yes. um, yeah. So, yeah. So there was this program, it used to come on every Thursday that was quite popular. It was really popular in the 70s and the 80s. It used to come on after uh, Tomorrow's World and it featured popular music of the time, right? It had a chart. So, <laughs> iTunes has a similar thing, a chart. Guess which podcast smashed into the chart at number 20 last week? Well, it in wasn't all us. of the UK's Was it Jamaica? Was it how Jamaica? Now, guess again. 10 American prisons. Absolutely. <laughs> Gets in. Uh, We entered the chart at number uh, 93. No, 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 We peaked at 20. No, 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 no. Now we're falling back down. No, 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 So thank you, thank you, thank you to all the wonderful Dum Dum listeners that have been listening to that bloody trail and then clicked onto it and thought, oh, We'll have, you know, I quite like this, and have written a review, which goes to show, right, that if people do what we tell them to do, i.e. write reviews and download in the bajillions, you can get into that podcast chart. So I wasn't at the top, but I beat Freakonomics, Freakonomics Radio. So um, very happy about that. Ten American yeah. Presidents is going rather lovely, and Lucy still hasn't listened to it, let alone written a review. No, I'm sorry. I will. But oh, not God. contrary has, Jean Rose has, Moinness has, um, just, you know, Diane Telford. Like, so many people have, like, listened. Uh, Goddess Diva has. Um, so thank you to those other people for supporting me with my other podcast endeavours because Lucy doesn't give a toss unless it's an endeavour about the archers. You don't show up. I do. You're not present. You're not. So, please, 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 keep those reviews coming because we want to be top of the podcast charts before Bert and Joe rump each other into a cardiac arrest. That's it. Done. You can go now, John. It's all done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is there anything you would like to talk about, Lucy? Um, Well... Possibly, but what's most concerning me is the fact that I've got a bread pudding in the oven, and if I don't go soon, it will burn. Mm. Is is it actually in an oven or in the arga? I haven't got an arga. Oh come on! I haven't. I live in East London, innit? Oh, they don't do argas around here. Do they not? No. Mm. All right. Surely then you just microwave in it then. Yeah. You can't microwave a bread pudding. What's the matter with you, man? <laughs> oh, I love a bit of bread pudding, me. Do you? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I... I could be like Tony Hancock's mum and I'll make someone and send it out to you. Really? I, no. I, I, I didn't get that reference, sorry, because Hancock's Half Hour, even though he's from Birmingham. Oh, there's actually like a really funky statue uh, to jo- Tony Hancock in Birmingham. Or at least they used to the last time I looked. Birmingham keeps on changing every time I go back. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, and it's all kind of metal and it's flat and it's a bit kind of sparkly. And it was over yeah. by, oh God, Old Square on Corporation Street it used to be. Yeah, I don't know if it's still there. I hope, I hope to heavens it is. You know, but anyway, I digress. Let's let's wrap this one up because okay. you've got your bread oven. 
in in the bread pudding in the oven sorry and i've got to go and edit this monster and then i'll get get berated by people saying you don't know how to edit and then i'll i'll, I'll, I'll have to lie down again and uh... <laughs> <laughs> goodbye everybody it's been goodbye. wonderful sharing my archer thoughts with you all and i'll see you all again in seven days time be good Ta-ra, loose. Ta-ra. Bye-bye. Have a nice week. We'll see do bye. 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 Oh, Cosmo. Cosmo sent us a message. Juicy loose. And we didn't put Did it he? in the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I ended the week in tears. My own father had to give up a herd of 80 Guernseys because he could not continue. And that was over 50 years ago. A small herd is almost part of the family and Ed... But the words supplied by Kerry, talking to Eddie, certainly had me going and the tears flowing. You may have gathered that I'm still enjoying the podcast. I look forward to hitting the phone hard for the podcast download on Tuesday. So thank you for all the hard work. And I'll try and be in touch again soon. Bye for now. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 